You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Let's Talk Football Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Powell, and today we are back with another Game Week Roundup. This time it is, of course, Game Week 29. As I'm sure you all know, we only had four games this week, so we'll get straight into it, starting off with Leeds' trip to Craven Cottage to take on a Fulham side in good form. And it shaped up to be a really, really good game, which it was. Just 10 minutes into the game, Luke Ayling looked to have his first goal of the season when his beautifully looped header went up and over Areola right into the far corner from a Tyler Roberts cross. And after a very questionable celebration, which included him taking his hair out of the ponytail thing and then sliding on his knees, playing the air guitar, All of that for the goal to just be completely ruled out after Tyler Roberts being offside. By quite a way as well, actually, in the end. Leeds fans were going a bit crazy as if it was like a couple of millimetres ruled him out. But when you actually look at the VAR freeze frame, most of his upper body was actually offside. So the goal was correctly ruled offside. Um, It didn't take Leeds long, though, to get their goal when none other than Patrick Bamford got on the score sheet just before the half an hour mark to secure his 14th goal of the season. Not long after though, Fulham did eventually get their equaliser when Joachim Anderson added added a goal to his fantastic season to put the Cottages ahead and to go in on level terms at half-time. At half-time, Scott Parker decided to bring on bring off Josh Madgett for Alexandra Mitrovic, which I personally find a bit of a weird one. I think Madger, despite only scoring a few goals, he's he's added a lot to this Fulham side. And I'm not too sure what Scott Parker was thinking towards that, but then again, there's a reason why he's the manager and why I'm sitting here talking about it. Unfortunately for Fulham, though, that substitution didn't work as Leeds were able to go on and grab another and also being able to keep out Fulham in the process, giving them all three points to take back to Yorkshire with them. 
it's an unfortunate one for Fulham, really. It was a good chance for them. Um, I thought that they would have been able to take all three points, but it just wasn't their day, really. Leeds, on the other hand, played some really good football, sitting in 11th place, just behind Villa, and really impressing in their first season. I'll be very intrigued about how they do next season. Will second syndrome come to hit them like it did Sheffield United? Will they be able to build on this and really push for Europe next season? It will certainly be an interesting one. The only game to take place on Saturday was the Brighton and Newcastle game at the MX. And with both teams scrapping at the bottom to stay in the league, I was actually looking forward to this game, as weird as it sounds. Because on paper, typically it's one of those games that you look at and you just you just feel like it's going to be a boring game. and But fortunately, that wasn't the case. And... What I find personally is the games like that at the bottom of the table in the relegation scrap and things like that are often some of the more entertaining games because it properly means something. But anyway, I'll get <laughs> I'll get back into the Newcastle-Brighton game. After a fairly one-sided half, Brighton finally made their chances count when Leandro Trossard's long-range effort managed to squeeze past the Bravka just on the stroke of half-time. Danny Welbeck was able to double the home side's lead when he managed to score just six minutes into the second 45, when his long-range effort this time was able to beat the keeper at the far post. And then, not long after that, it was three. Neil Mope was able to turn in Pascal Gross's cross, and with another 20 minutes to go, I was really fancying Brighton to get another... But it just wasn't to be, and the game ended 3-0. Considering how both teams set out to play, it's no real surprise that Brighton were able to get their comfortable win. As I've said many times, Brighton do play some really nice football, and to see it finally come off for them is really good to see. It's back-to-back wins for them now, which, in my opinion, has pretty much just dragged them out of the relegation fight. And I always felt like they would get out of it, but these past two wins have almost confirmed it for me. It will be a very interesting one to see who does go down, though. Especially with Newcastle and Fulham playing each other on the final day. The penultimate game of the weekend was, for me, one of the standouts of the weekend when West Ham welcomed Arsenal to the London Stadium. And I don't know about you, but going into this game, trying to predict it, It was really hard because you've got, normally you've got some kind of idea of how teams will play. But I've just got no, I just had no idea with this game. But I certainly didn't expect Arsenal to be 3-0 down within 32 minutes. Jesse Lingard, after having a week's break and getting a call up for England, opened the scoring with a beautiful half volley right into the top right hand corner of the goal. And then just seconds later, he got an assist. Antonio was brought down on the edge of the box and a combination of fantastic awareness from Lingard and Arsenal switching off, he was able to take a quick free kick, playing it short to Jared Bowen, who was pretty much one-on-one with the keeper as he was able to just slot it home. Thomas Suchek was able to make it a three very soon after when his international teammate Vladimir Kufal whipped in a beautiful ball into the box for Mikel Antonio to get his head on. And the ball basically brushed off Suchek on its way into the net. And 3-0 up with 32 minutes gone. Surely there's no possible way for Arsenal to bring it back, is there? 
Well, they did get a goal back before half-time when Lacazette sliced the ball wide before it flicked off Suchek and past Fabianski. Similar goals at both ends for Suchek, really. I don't think he... I doubt he would have known about either of them. But then West Ham scored another own goal. Just past the hour mark, in this time it was Craig Dawson who smashed it into the goal. It was a great finish, to be fair. Just unfortunate that it was at the wrong end. Um, but the comeback was complete, though, when an actual Arsenal player scored in Lacazette after a really fantastic ball in from Pepe on his weaker foot was met at the back stick by Lacazette, who just had to tap it home. That's how the game finished, though. 3-3 with West Ham scoring five of the goals. I think the most surprising for me, th- surprising thing for me, though, was that Callum Wilson, Callum Chambers, oh my God, I'm getting players mixed up. Callum Chambers technically got one assist, but he was also the guy to lay it off to Lacazette before his shot was turned into the goal by Suchet. So let's just give him the two assists. <laughs> but two assists for Callum Chambers, someone who doesn't really play all that often. And I think he certainly put himself out there for a proper first team place in the future. Um, from an Ar- Arsenal and Arteta's perspective, though, yeah, although they may have conceded three goals in 30 minutes, I think that they can be really pleased with how they bounced back and brought the game back 2-3 each. It's, of course, not the ideal scenario to do it, but with West Ham this season, they've been praised endlessly about how good they are defensively. And I think that result from Arsenal to bounce back is a massive plus for them. And it's certainly something that they'll hopefully be able to build on. Moving on to the final game and the most dep- <laughs> and the most depressing game of the weekend. Villa welcomed a Spurs side coming off the back of a 2-1 North London derby loss. And a 3-0 loss knocking them out of the Europa League by Dynamo Zagreb. Heung-Min Son was out, Bale didn't start, nor did Deli Alley, While Grealish was also still left out of the Villa side. But I mean... What a time for Villa to take advantage of this Spurs side. And we started bright. We were on the front front foot looking to grab that first goal. in the. F- but after the first 10-15 minutes or so, we just let Spurs build into the game and get some momentum behind them. And one thing that I've noticed with, with Villa, which is so frustrating, is if we don't get a goal when we're on top early, we just tend to sit back and hope for the best. <clears throat> which this time didn't work. And then a long ball over the top for Carlos Vinicius to run onto saw Emi Martinez come out of his box, not get enough on the clearance. And then it was just so easy for, for Spurs then. Lucas played a 1-2 with Kane before pass, passing it back across goal for Vinicius just to tap in. A really frustrating one to concede because it was just so avoidable. It was just another off day for Villa and for me it's too easy to say that this is just down to Grealish being out. Those players are more than good enough to turn up and play good attractive football but at the minute it's like they've never played with each other and as a fan watching it's so frustrating and one thing I just don't understand is McGinn and how bad he is. I'm starting to think that we should really have cashed in on him when when we could for... I think it was like 50 million or whatever they were saying to Man United. Because, oh my God, he just looks awful. And he's he has been for weeks. It's But it's so frustrating because he just seems to be part of the bubble along with Tyrone Mings as well. Who Dean Smith just can't, for some reason he just can't drop them. 
We've got good enough midfielders in this team to drop and change players when they're not playing well. Get Sanson, get Sanson and Louise starting in midfield together with Barkley just ahead of them. Get Keenan Davis alongside Watkins to add some strength and someone who can bully defenders. Why can't we now just try things? Experiment. After this loss, there's no way that we're, we're ever going to get European football this season. And there's also no way that we're going to get relegated. So just try things. Experiment. We've got nothing to lose. And if it doesn't work, then so be it. But for me, personally, after the international break, when Grealish does come back, play a diamond with Jack in the attacking mid with Davis and Watkins up front. Nakamba, Louise and Sanson, the other three midfielders. There's literally nothing to lose. Just give it a go. I think we all know that it won't happen. And I'm sorry for rambling on about Villa, but sometimes you've just got to get your frustration out. And Harry Kane went on to cheat and score another penalty as the game ended 2-0. But I can't talk much longer about it. So <laughs> thank you all for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok as well at Pod. I'm still not too sure if there'll be an episode on Friday with all the international games and that going on, etc. So stay posted and I will see you all very soon. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.